Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. Alright everybody, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. My name's Guido, along with Johnson. And then there were two. There's only Guido. two of us. It's really weird. It is weird. Scooty is on assignment. Is that what we say? Yeah, he is on assignment in Ohio. In Ohio, scouting a volleyball talent. Right. So we can do a a segment about high school prep school uh, girls volleyball. You know, you joke, but we could probably do a killer segment with all of his (laughs) intel. That would be a good segment, yeah. It would be better than what we have to talk about right now, John. Right, yeah. You know what? You're exactly right. That's a good lead-in because it would probably be more fun and sunnier conversation than what we have to talk about. So since we've last talked, folks, WVU has dropped two games this week, one to Oklahoma on Wednesday, 72-62, to and then Arkansas in the Big 12 SEC Challenge on Saturday, 77-68. to And as you listen to this podcast, or as we release it, it's a about tip-off time for a Baylor game on Monday, yep. which I'm gonna already chalk up in the loss column, Johnson. Like I'm, 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 d- I'm down the river. Like I threw my oars out the boat. I'm just <laughs> letting it take me where it goes. It's not a fun scene. So would you say you're up the creek, so to speak? You're up a <laughs> up certain. The, up, you're you're feeling I'm up, up a, a certain creek, if yeah. you will. Well, that's and that's the problem, right, with this conference. I mean, there's many there's many problems if you're in our shoes right now. But the main problem is it doesn't get any easier, does it? It's like you take these you take these games on the chin. You go you go to uh, an SEC game where, by the way, there were I think. 19,400 in attendance at that game. You know, you kind of, you walk into that buzzsaw at Arkansas, which we'll get to in a second, but now you, now you're uh, treated to your next game with number four Baylor at their place uh, in Waco Monday night. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you face Baylor, then you face, so Baylor right now in Ken Palm, number two, then you face Texas tech, they're number 11 in Ken Palm. And then you face Iowa state. So it's, I, I just, I, I, and I, I we were, we've been texting about this, Johnson, and before we get into each game and talk about individual things, I'm having, watching this team now for the last month, I'm having a hard time seeing any more wins on the schedule. Yeah, well, like, I can see why. Yeah. I, we're now the lowest ranked in the power rankings. We're now the lowest ranked Big 12 team. We're still technically ranked eighth in the Big 12, oddly enough, but- I think that's those days are numbered as well. And so now it's like I, I think it's hard. We're like searching for we're searching for the fun in West Virginia basketball. We right are, now. but I think you're feeling would you agree that that feeling so before we even get to Arkansas, I think this Oklahoma game in retrospect, now I now look, I know when people are listening, they're like, guys, this feels this feels like a, a long time ago, but each week on the show we always recap. And so I think you have this feeling, Guido, because I think that's what this Oklahoma game did to us, to be honest it with did. you. Don't you agree? Yeah, and I and I have to tell you, watching that Oklahoma game, and this is the first time, I think, in a long time with W since at least 2013, and we won't lament on that season too much. But <laughs> Please, no. Since at least 2013, this is the first time where something happened, and I was like, wow, that's the end of the season. <laughs> Jacob, Jacob Groves... <laughs> Hit that three pointer at the buzzer. Yes, at, at halftime, <laughs> yes. and I felt like, oh my god, that's the end of the season. Like that yeah. was the end of the season. Like, yeah. and I and I 
And I think the problem I have, and I know that the rhetoric out of the coaching staff is different, and we'll get to that. I think the problem I have is, so that happened at the end of first half. I haven't seen anything since then that makes me feel any different. Yeah, and I think, Guido, I, I can see why you would say that, and I agree. And I think a lot of that, though, had to do with the energy in the building or more so like I, I haven't, I didn't text you about this. So I'm kind of springing it on you a little bit. And I want, unfortunately I'll have to catch up with Scoot on it to see what he thinks. I think he would agree with me, but didn't you get a little envious of, you know, there's so Porter Moser is in his first year here at Oklahoma. He, you know, he just took that role. There's, they're jumping around. His staff is fired up, you know, the wannabe Mountaineer big man for Oklahoma's given the student section, the sign, you know, like there's just a ton of energy and they're having fun. And like, so to honestly, you, you encapsulate it great with that scene, because if you think back to that, I think, you know, when I picture that in my head, Jalen Bridges pulls up a bit. He doesn't even get in the guy's face because he's like, well, this guy's not making this shot. You know, so like he had a clear lane to shoot the ball. It goes in. They're jumping around. They, you know, they run in the locker room at the half and we sort of like walk in everyone shoulders down. It just it felt terrible. And I like I agree with with what you're saying. It felt like it just you took one on the chin right there at the half and really for a home game and and let's face it i think the reason i said i think that game puts you in that frame of mind and in that mood guido is because for the first time in a long time when this game started you know a lot of these games my beef is you look at our personnel and the opposing team's personnel and you already get nervous right because so many teams are so talented in this league you see them walk out on the floor and you're like okay that big man's going to be a problem. That shooting guard's going to be a problem. That swing man looks really good. This was the first game where, like, n- not to just be salty at Oklahoma, but I wasn't blown away by their personnel. And I thought, look, we're at home. You know, the the personnel looks like a we could take some advantage of some stuff here. And then we just kind of felt like, especially in that first half, we just kind of went through the motions. So oh, you had a comfortable lead going into halftime, right. and then they kept a comfortable lead through the second half. Here, here's the thing, Johnson. Porter Moser took that job, whatever, back in April. Yeah. Walked into the Lloyd Noble Center in Norman, and he had four. He had four players on the team when he took that job. Oh, now this I don't remember. Is that right? So yeah. he did some, you're saying he did some portal, some major portal. So between, work. between portal, between losses in the portal, tran, you know, transfers out, guys leaving, guys, you know, going on, moving on from the senior. He had four, he had four scholarship players. Okay. I'll say that. Okay. There might be some walk-ons. He had four scholarship players. He goes in the portal. He get the he gets the Groves brothers, which were a hot take, a hot, a hot get, I suppose. I think you know you get the good one, and the other one comes along with him. But that's <laughs> right, right. But two, he hits a, two but the, for one the, deal. Yeah, it's a two for one deal. But the other one plays twenty six minutes, still puts twelve points up on WVU, and hits a three pointer that I feel like is the nail in the coffin of our season. But you know, and you look at this Oklahoma team, which is you know not a bad team. They weren't a bad team, but they're not a good team. Johnson no I I don't think so at all and I think like I said this felt like the first game in a while where we had some opportunity to take advantage of some personnel and and I guess specifically what I'm talking about now not under the basket right we've got our fair share of stuff going on under the basket but on the perimeter at the point you know I thought this would finally be a game where Taz and Sean and people could have some room to operate on the perimeter and it just didn't seem like that they just really never got into a, a rhythm on that and so this is where, in like, and so th- this is where we'll kind of pivot and we'll talk about 
some players specifically and how Huggins is reacting. So Huggins after the Oklahoma game kind of goes into this whole, I mean, it was like depressed Huggins turned up to 11. Yeah, like it was both, both the post game press conference with Tony Caridi on uh, WVU sports, you know, radio network. And then the post game, like media press conference. First of all, he mumbled the whole way. Like yeah. he was like, yeah. depressed he was any any you know he was like i'm fixing it if guys don't want to show up it's the same you know a lot of things we heard and i'm trying to figure out looking at playing time from both the oklahoma game and the arkansas game looking at you know what's happening who are the who are the players that are the problem johnson like i mean sean mcneil's cold right now he he looks cold he i think he's in his head because he's not taking shots that he should be taking but I don't necessarily think he's in the doghouse. Like, I think Huggins still has, you know, guys go on streaks. You know, Scooty would tell you if he was here. He's like, you know, a guy like Sean McNeil, a three-pointer guy like that, can get streaky. Yeah, and that's true. And we and we as a team, I feel, are just super streaky. But to, before we leave what you're talking about, so Keenan Cummings, I, I linked to a tweet he put out there in the show notes. I mean, that was essentially his headline for a tweet that he was covering in the postgame. He said Bob Huggins just sat down at the podium. He looked bewildered. And I totally agreed. Like he, he just looked like I'm done. Like I, I'm done with this team. I don't even want to talk about it. Like you said, he mumbled through the post game. I and I think he he went on to talk about like, hey, look, I'm gonna fix it, even if that means uh, some people are no longer with us. And so that immediately harkens back to you know when we start thinking about like uh, Wesley Harris, Issa Ahmad, you know, some of the stuff that's happened in seasons past, that's immediately where my mind went. Scoot, you and Scoot and I were talking on the text machine after this, and it felt like, you know, who, who's he talking about? I, I felt like because he hit, so you asked me, you know, who are these players he's talking about? Honestly, my mind went to, because of his previous comments about he spent, time up to this game, Guido talking about how poorly he thought they've done in the portal. So, you know, I thought, well, that probably bodes really bad for, for DC and for Polly Polycap. And, you know, I, you know, maybe Malik Curry, I wouldn't think so, but I, you know, I, my mind went to, well, he's just really continuing to think and, and verbalize that he's not happy with these portal guys. And, but, you know, then, and I, I think you're going to get to it now, Guido, I guess we can go ahead and lead in against Arkansas. I don't notice a whole lot of change. You know, Scoot pointed out to us that he was talking about, hey, look, Kobe Johnson, Seth Wilson, uh, they're working their butts off in practice. Well, against Oklahoma, I don't think we see Seth Wilson at all. Correct me if I'm wrong here. but And I think we get a couple minutes from Kobe. But there really wasn't a huge – you know, he played all those transfer guys. They all got big minutes. We roll into Arkansas. Now – Seth Wilson actually had a span of game here against Arkansas that I think he was probably really proud of himself after this game because I thought he, right. he provided a nice spark. That was good to see him off the bench. But otherwise, to be honest with you, I think if Gabe doesn't pick up a ton of just bad fouls and foul out after 12 minutes, 13 minutes, you know, maybe maybe that means you don't see as much DC and Pauly Polycap. You don't see a lot of those guys. You end up seeing a lot of, uh, of DC, but I don't think you see a whole lot of Pauly Polycap. But I, so I guess to answer your question, Guido, I can't at the moment put my finger on exactly who he's talking about. I guess he did make good that he played Seth Wilson 
and uh, Kobe Johnson a little bit more. But otherwise, I mean, he pretty much played everyone else he's been rolling with. Yeah, and Jamel King saw a little bit of playing time as well. But you're the right. Jamel King did get in. Yeah, you're right. But Kerrigan saw 22 minutes. And I, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Gabe fouled out in 13 minutes. And 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 Huggins said in the postgame, he's like, you know, we need Gabe. Gabe needs to be out there. He's the energy. And he is the energy right now. Like, he's the only – and and no offense to Taz or Bridges or any of the other guys – Gabe's the only one out there I feel like's playing with energy. Like everybody else, it just seems it seems like flat basketball. Yeah, and it is a shame because Gabe was he was playing with energy. He had a great steal and dunk at one point. He was trying to assert himself on the offense, which you know we haven't talked about it, Guido. But the other thing that we and we'll talk about it here because it, it was marginally better, but. This offense, you know, we we talked last week on the show, you know, we were making the comment, hey, look, if you're bad at offense, then stop offensing. And I feel like against Oklahoma, it was a horrific showing of offense. I think Gabe led scores for us with 16. That should tell you how the offense is going. If, you know, Gabe kind of has to assert himself and try to get it to the rack because no one else is scoring. Against Arkansas, we saw shooters get blanketed and then – the only thing – so you brought up Sean McNeil. He has one point in the second half, I believe, where he goes up for a jumper, passes it off in midair. And I text you guys and I said, look, it's hard enough to get an open shot for Sean to begin with. If he commits to a shot, I think he's – you know, if he starts doing stuff like that, then I almost feel like Hugs has to consider sitting him down, right? Because if you don't have the confidence to follow through on a shot like that, then we're really not going to get any value. And so in the second half, Guido, they get down by as many as 19 points. Hugs throws like a, a 2-2-1. I think he actually mixes some zones. I don't think it was all 2-2-1, but they go on a – when in fairness to them, <laughs> it – I had kind of thrown in the towel by that point. Suddenly they go on a 16-2 to run and cut it to five. I was shocked. I mean, it, it wasn't press Virginia, but it was like it caused enough chaos. It made Arkansas uncomfortable enough that they really were befuddled by it, and it brought us right back into the game. It was fun. I mean, we were texting right. each other. It was fun. Like, all of a sudden it was like, hey, wait a minute. This is fun. The guys are having fun. They were – the energy was up, you know, and we and we were down down two scores. It was pretty great. Right. But we, and, and he, but here's my only comment to that is, is it's something we've seen before. And, like, if you're a team and you're watching video and you're prepping for West Virginia and you haven't seen that 2-2-1, if you haven't seen that stuff this season, you know, and it was the same thing that he pulled, you know, whatever – a uh, dozen so games back when he did the one three one for you know the last five minutes. Yeah, that's right. You throw them off and you yes, it gives you an opportunity. And that's good coaching. You throw them off, it gives you an opportunity to get back into the game. But once they figure it out, it's back to the same thing. Yeah. And someone asked him in the post game too, which Guido, we gotta talk about this post game here in a second, because it was the most bizarre thing you and I have witnessed in a long time. But someone asked <laughs> yes. him afterward, you know, kind of like why did you leave that? Why did you leave that zone? Why did you leave that pressure? You know, they were starting to pick people up on made baskets, stuff like that. He said, well, I didn't really, I didn't really leave it. It's just guys got tired. They started hacking, they started fouling and we had, we had to leave it. We had to go away from it because guys started playing super sloppy. And I guess that's your answer. But I saw a lot of people on Twitter, like, well, why would you leave that? You just went on a 16 2 run, stay in it. I think he did want to stay in it. But either the guys didn't have the stamina, they started playing sloppy. I think by that point, Gabe had fouled out. You know, I think it was sort of like they ran out of gas on that run. Yeah. And so to talk about that post-game press conference, uh, I, I don't even know. So, you know, we lose another one. It's our fifth in a row. Right. It, it, 
other than a span of maybe eight minutes, seven minutes where we went on that run and, and, and trimmed it down, the team did not – it looked like the same team. The problems were still there that have been there the last yeah. four or five games. Yep. Huggins comes out in the post-game press conference, first with Tony, and talks about and, – and continued this also in the media press conference – talks about, you know, how proud he was of the guys, how they didn't give up. He it, it, he was – I was shocked. I mean, he was jolly, Johnson. Yeah, he had – look, he we just talked about how, you know, like I said, so at Rivals Keenan, Keenan Cummings on Twitter, like I said, I referenced his tweet. If you go back and watch a befuddled and beat down hugs – Guido, he comes into this post game, and I bet Tony Caridi was like, "What have you done with Bob?" And like, who's this guy? And you know what got me about it too, Johnson, was that I think Tony, because you know, you and I were both listening to the game on the radio there at the end, and I think both of us thought, "Well, Tony was doing, he was setting everything up for like, oh, it's going to be another one of those like thirty minutes before Huggins comes yeah, out thing, right?" And then Huggins comes out like in the first like twelve minutes of the post game, and I think he was like, "Oh, coach is coming over. We'll we'll be right back." You know, he <laughs> was like, "I don't think he was prepared for Hugs to show up that fast." Well, and Hugs gets on the mic, and he's like full of energy you know usually it's yeah. like you said earlier it's like a gravelly voiced sometimes you can barely even hear hugs he's so like you know he doesn't want to he's so mad or dejected about losing he gets on the mic with tony he's full of energy he goes right into game analysis he any you know look I, and maybe it's just me being it's not like i want hugs to be like you know gravelly right. voiced and sad or whatever I, but i'm just saying if there was if if you listen to every post game and then you tuned into this one you had to have the same reaction we did i think because hugs was full of energy he starts talking about how like you said how proud of the guys he was he said he liked that you know they didn't give up when they got down and he cited what did he say, Guido? He said this was the first time since I think UAB is what he said, that he felt like yeah. they fought. They fought. And he said, look, we're going to go in the right direction, and I'm proud that they came back they didn't lay it down. And I was shocked. I was shocked. <laughs> After all the talk about, like, cutting out the bad attitude from the team and, like, some people might not be with us any longer and stuff, he comes out. And, you know, the reason I said – just and then I'll shut up and let you talk here. But the reason I, you know, you said, who do you think he's talking about after that Oklahoma game? I said, I thought maybe it was the Diamond Kerrigans of the world, the Pauly Paula Caps, you know, the guys he had been lamenting about the port, the portal. He spends a he spends like a minute or two really commending Diamond Kerrigan, and I think yeah. And and look, if you watch the game, Kerrigan was like, uh, he felt like he wanted to fight. Um, who was number 10 for Arkansas, uh, Jalen, uh, Jalen Williams. Yeah. Jalen Williams. So he was a problem the whole game. And, you know, Kerrigan was sort of in his ear, you know, they were jawing at each other. So, you know, Kerrigan was really energized while he was out on the court. He had a great block at one point, you know, I think he was really trying to assert himself and hugs took a minute and complimented him. And the whole thing just felt like bizarro world to me, Guido. I just didn't expect that. Yeah, I I mean there was and I we texted back and forth about that. There was one point where he said, "We're going to get it going. Don't worry, fans. We're going to get it going." So what do you make of that, Guido? Because now I, I've thought about that since Saturday, and I thought, well, what as a fan, like, how do I, like, I I want to leave post game feeling good, you know? Like right. I I listen to hugs. I know we lost. I feel like as a fan, I should be like, you know what? I, I kind of have a shot in the arm because of those comments. Maybe Hugs sees something that we're not seeing. But like my eyes tell me, 
right? <laughs> like I've watched these last five games. My eyes tell me there's a huge problem and I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, you led off here. Yeah. You led off here saying, look, I'm not really sure where the rest, where any more wins come from here. You know, I'm looking at right. the schedule. I'm looking at the talent we have to go up against. And I agree with you, but here's hugs saying, look, we're going to get it going. He leaves. You know, I feel like he left Tony like, all right, let's get to the next game. I'm energized. Let's go. Let's do this. And let's I go. thought, man, I, I don't know. I'm confused. I, you know what, Johnson? Here's here's my opinion on it. I feel like Bob Huggins is like that buddy you go to Vegas with, and you're sitting at the blackjack table, <laughs> okay. and you've already lost like 250 bucks. <laughs> right. And he's sitting next to you, and he's like, don't worry. Like the next hand, <laughs> you're going to win the next hand. And then you put just it keep down. going. You got it. Just, just keep, keep going, going, man. You're gonna win. You got the next hand. Like the next hand is yours. And you put down your you put down your chip, <laughs> and then it rolls out, and it's Baylor. Right. And it's another loss. And then the next hand is Baylor. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I feel like it is. And like maybe I I said to you guys, I said maybe this is like some weird like new Huggins tactic. We don't know, like <laughs> reverse psychology or something. Yeah, right. He's gone through the whole emotional thing of like these guys aren't practicing. They're not doing their thing. I see John Flowers in the building more than i see these guys <laughs> right, right then he then he kind of pivoted to that and he went to the i'll fix it it's my fault i'm the guy and now he's pivoted to like hey guys don't worry everything's great it's gonna be fine <laughs> and it's just like i'm like i can't handle it i can't handle well the weird thing is no i know I, that's what i mean ever since saturday ever since i left that saturday i feel like i've been trying to make sense of it in my head it's like one of those earworm songs you get in your head and then you're like wait <laughs> yeah, what yeah. what did he say again but I, here's the weird thing is i think you know, with Baylor, if you think back, I mean, I know it feels like an eternity now, but if you think back a couple games ago when we lost to Baylor at home, that weirdo, like, 5 p.m. tip-off that we were all salty about, you know, that didn't make any sense, they played really well in that game, Guido, relatively right. speaking. That was a competitive game. There were times yeah. in that game I thought maybe they could get Baylor on the ropes. Baylor just has so much talent, and they're well-coached, they just sort of finished that game out, right? So now you get this maybe uh, – I feel like this is Hugs trying to inject a little bit of enthusiasm into the team and, like, try to get things at least in a positive light. I don't know. He's not really known to do that, right? So it feels weird saying that. Um, right. And, you know, maybe he's thinking, like, look, we played these guys tough at home. This is going to be such a tall order, but let's try to go to Waco – Maybe they're taking us for granted and we catch them, you know, maybe we catch them a little bit. Maybe, maybe we catch them with some energy and we play a little bit better. I don't know. It's going to be weird. I'm going to be, I'm going to be watching this game now looking for like, do we see a different enthusiasm level on the court, on the coaching staff? Cause look, if Scoot were and again, I think if Scoot were here, the other point we were talking about on the text machine was kind of like I brought up against, you know, OU Porter Moser and his staff the coaches didn't look very engaged either in that Oklahoma game and only marginally better in Arkan in the Arkansas game. So I, we can talk about the poor guys from the portal and players and stuff like that. But I think there's some, there's some coaches that need to need to get a little bit more engaged too. Don't you think so? It'll be, it'll be weird now to see this Baylor tip off. Do we see anything different? Do people look like they have a little bit more energy here? Yeah. And I mean, speaking directly about the coaches and we've brought this up on the show before, like we've talked about how, you know, this, this staff, I mean, especially like Ron Everhart, you know, Larry Harris, these guys have been with Huggins a long time. They've been yeah, on. I don't disagree. I think Eric Martin gives you some of that. I, and I, and I, I'm not like, 
I don't know. I don't want to feel like I, I'm not attacking the coaches or something, but I think there is room there when you go through a streak like this and you know, you're specifically talking about how you feel like you struck out in the portal that maybe you need to step back and just reflect on who, you know, who's, who's looking over those, those decisions. Now, the other thing Guido that I hate that Scoot's not here is when we, we can't talk about Porter Moser without talking about him coming from UMBC and uh sister um who's Scoot's favorite person? Oh, Sister Jean. You're talking about Sister Jean. Yeah, Sister Jean. You I mean we can't if Scoot were here, he'd be all over Sister Jean. That's his that's like his favorite person. So I mean I, I'm kind of surprised that Porter Moser didn't have Sister Jean in like a boomer sooner wagon sitting, you know, courtside or something for this game. But it I, and I'm not going to lie, like I, I actually didn't know that backstory, to be honest, that that's new to me. I'm really glad you brought that up. I it it's kind of a it feels like a punch in the gut to know that Porter Moser went out and quickly, you know, rectified his the holes in his offense or the holes in his roster and, you know, guys that he needed with a, a, a quick visit or, you know, whatever, however you want to say it, a quick run through the transfer portal. And then here we are, you know, kind of belly aching about what we did in the transfer portal and getting beat by an Oklahoma team that did that. So I, you know, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this season plays out. If, you know, hugs continues to say, look, guys that don't want to work, aren't going to play guys that are working are going to get on the court. I don't think we've seen Guido, like you said, a huge transformation in who plays and who doesn't play. Um, right. But maybe it's more subtle. Maybe it's more nuanced. You know, maybe Gabe fouling out covered up some stuff he wanted to do. I don't know. But we'll, it'll be interesting to see now how this closes out with this roster. Well, we talk about it a lot, John. So we talk about Huggins' doghouse. And I think Huggins' doghouse is a thing. Like people, their former players have talked about Huggins' doghouse. And so obviously there are guys in the doghouse now. It's just that, you know, usually in the olden days, you could you could pretty quickly tell which guys were in the doghouse. Yeah, right. And I, you know, you could tell it by playing time. You could tell it by the way he would talk to them or react to them or, like or react the quick, to what they or like the quick hook. You know, we used to talk yeah. about Jordan McCabe would get the quick hook. Like we always felt right. like he had some some doghouse there because he'd get on the court, but then the you know didn't take a whole lot for him to get the hook and get nailed to the bench again. So I, I agree right. with you. Usually you can tell. And you but right now if you're looking at playing time, if you're looking at nobody's really getting a quick hook. I mean you're not you're not seeing a ton of that. Uh I don't you know, it's just really weird. Cause he said in that post game press conference, he's like, well you saw the guys that the guys that are don't you know they sat on the bench. Well, what guys? Like what guys are you, is he talking about? Yeah, I'm not. You know, Malik Curry. Malik Curry's still playing the same amount of time he's been playing. I mean, you know, Kedrian's been playing the same amount of time. I mean, all of them been playing the same amount of time. JB. I mean, I I will say, and we said this. I take a lot from what Huggins says, or more importantly, doesn't say in the post game press conferences. And I have noticed that we're probably on a three or four game streak where he has not mentioned Jalen Bridges at all in his post-game press conferences. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And then, so you start to go, well, is that something? And yeah, I think, do you do you read into something there? Right. And he actually hasn't been mentioning – I mean, he mentions Taz, but he hasn't been mentioning him as much as he – but, I mean, again, Taz is still, you know, still putting up a lot of points. I, it's just really – it's a really weird basketball team. And i got to tell you, it's starting every day to feel more and more like a – 2013 like a rough 
WVU basketball year. Well, as you know? we head into Baylor here, what do you make of? Uh, you know, I I love. It's hard to, it's hard to lose and then still try to see the silver lining in some of this stuff. But I will say that I went. You know, having witnessed that sixteen to two run in the second half there, again in a pretty hostile environment against a decent team at Arkansas, I I left feeling like, look, if if you can't offense, which we just simply cannot offense right now, you know, we talked about Sean McNeil. I think he goes like three for 11 in this game. He, he never really gets a good look. All of his looks are hand in his face. And we've talked at length about how I tend to think Malik Curry and Taz Sherman end up benefiting in this offense um, because they can create their own shot. The offense doesn't really work and it doesn't really create openings for them to have shots um you know any of the shooters so i think people like malik and and taz end up being able to score because they can't create but guido do you think um and i don't know that the personnel will support it I, you know if you listen to hugs it it didn't support it at length in this arkansas game but it really really feels like i'd rather see them try to come out don't worry about running the half court offense just create pressure push 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 try to create as much havoc as you can for the other team just try to make them uncomfortable i would almost rather see guys get gassed sub you know sub in new guys continue to try to push and pressure um and just cause cause chaos cause runouts stuff like that don't worry about running an offense what i mean what what do you think coming out of this arkansas well i mean it's it's all well and fine that you say that like i agree like we need to disrupt we need to play better defense um but with that just make people uncomfortable you know just and and with that and that needs to happen because i think that's our only chance winning i mean right now you know if you out of 350 teams were 249th in shot percentage, <laughs> like if you start to look at you know uh, we just can't offense the ball like yeah, we cannot. there is we cannot there is there and I, and I don't you know I'm not sure where but we would, are shooting foul shots a lot better lately this even this game against Arkansas we were still half decent at the line so I feel like I guess the other part of saying push push cause chaos make them uncomfortable get turnovers attack the rim and i i say that because it looks like lately i mean this is another thing that just doesn't make sense to me about this team but they're shooting free throws really well lately so let's say you don't get a shot up but you get fouled you get to go to the charity stripe and maybe hit one of two or two you know i i still feel like to me I'd rather see the team do that and just be in attack mode the whole time than try and run a half court offense. Well, and I think they they have to. And I mean, I think that you know, I think that shooters got to get hot. Like they've got to some of these. You, you know, you have to rely. Sean McNeil can't be you know one for three or you know from the three point line. Like uh, he can't be making. He can't be scoring seven points a game. I mean, he was averaging going into. I think he was averaging like fourteen points a game going into conference play, and so he's cut that in half now that he's played in the in conference games. And you know, I think Johnson. The problem I have is it's all well and fine. We can sit there and say, okay, we play better defense, we disrupt more, but we got to be able to score to win. And uh, I mean, there have been. I mean, we <laughs> there was at one point during the Arkansas game on Saturday where I looked at the score and I thought we're not we might not even score twenty <laughs> points this first half. <laughs> like, and I hate that. Yeah, when, there was one point it was like sixteen to five, and I'm like, this is not good. this is going to be bad. 
that I mean the three pointer that started the game. You like yeah. that was just like okay, right. here we that go. That did feel you like know? here we go. I I don't know. I I I guess I'm trying to. I'm in that weird like uh, purgatory area where I want to feel one way, but hugs <laughs> but hugs makes these weird post game energized comments, and I'm like, well, do I keep hope? Like I don't know. What do we do here? It's weird. I know you're getting sucked in by it. You're getting sucked in by it. It's it's you know Scooty be proud of me if he was here because it's like <laughs> I've listen I've I've thrown Huggins out with the bath wa- bath water. All right, like I mean no I I I just <laughs> this team I just I'm I'm seeing shades of you know a team that is not going to be able to turn it around. There's enough problems that I can't I can't imagine practices are going well. I can't imagine tempers and attitudes are going to improve that much if you continue with a loss to Baylor and a loss to Texas Tech this week. You know, if you continue this slide that you're on. I mean, it's just it's an emotional part of the game. It's the hardest part about basketball is because you play these games like this, and especially in a Big 12 conference that is yeah. know, just crazy good this year. If you look at most of the power rankings right now, WVU is officially, we can say it, we are officially a bubble team. So Ken Palm has us at 64. I saw another power ranking at teamrankings.com. I think has us at like, or sorry, Ken Palm has us at 64 and uh, teamrankings.com has us at like 67. So you're starting to see these so power firmly, firmly, firmly on the bubble. in the bubble. Yeah, like firm, like we are right, we are hanging. We well, are like, and, and earlier last week, so even prior to Oklahoma, uh, someone, I, and I've got a link to it in the show notes, but pointed out that we received zero vote points in the AP poll. So we had at least prior to that been, been getting some some vote points we officially did not even receive a vote point in the AP poll last week. And that was before Oklahoma and then Arkansas losses. So certainly not now. And I think the only thing that, again, Guido, I'm trying to be hopeful here. I feel like basketball version of trust the climb right now in this conversation. I don't know why this usually isn't me, but these hugs, this hugs post game has thrown me for such a loop. But, you know, if you look at the big 12 standings right now, as bad as it feels, West Virginia sits at two and five, you know, Oklahoma state, Oklahoma, Iowa State, they're all three and five. I mean, I think Iowa State's ranked right now and they're three and five in conference. So I I feel like, you right. know, we're saying turn it around. I I I feel like if we could just get a like one or two things to fall into place to just make this offense go a little bit better. And that's why I hope they just decide to go cause chaos and 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 just rush people and make them uncomfortable. Maybe figure out a way to score some more points and keep the defense intensity up. Maybe we can get, I'm not saying you like, I'm like you, right? I I don't, my expectations for rolling into Waco and coming away with a win are not like, let's, let's be real, right? They're low. I'm not, I'm not high on that, but I think as the rest of this season goes, you know, like you mentioned, we got Iowa state coming up. I feel like Iowa state could still be gettable. I mean, there's a lot of teams Put, putting a hurting on Iowa State right now. I don't know why we couldn't we couldn't find some energy and do that. But otherwise, man, it feels like I don't know where the wins the wins come from. It's going to be tough. This conference is still a buzzsaw every week. Yeah, and it's been two weeks since we've had two games in a row back in the Coliseum. So after we come back, we play Texas Tech in Morgantown on Saturday at 2 p.m. And then we play Iowa State following Tuesday uh, a week from now uh, in Morgantown as well. So 
The good thing about that is I think those two home games will help a little bit. Uh, it kind of stinks that you you know you go from Arkansas, you travel to Waco, you play these away games, you're on this losing streak. I, I mean, it, these were must win. Both of these games, Oklahoma especially, was a must win game for WVU. Um, I feel like it was too. And, yeah. and, and they did not show up to you know they weren't even in the Coliseum because now you're it. risking heading into Waco and piling on a sixth straight loss I'd have to look it up Guido but I don't know I can't I can't remember off the top of my head a season where we had six straight losses I, I can't imagine yeah. that season ended well and it might have been that 2013 season I don't know I'll, I'll have to look that up yeah we'll have to get uh, Joel get the, get the exactly stats guy. yeah he's, that's, you know he's got that one queued I, up I somewhere. bet he's got it queued up for sure I'll, in fact yeah, I should so. probably just tweet at him and ask it'd be a lot easier to be honest yeah, it'd be a lot easier than actually doing the work yourself right yes yeah. right <laughs> Well, listen, uh, that's about all we got for this week. I do want to say a couple of uh, little things, Johnson, going into the the break here. Um, WVU signing day for football is Wednesday, Groundhog Day, by the way. All right. I mean, we could see if spring's going to come early or not because of a rodent <laughs> that gets pulled out of a hole. But uh, anyway, um, or French like Freddie, too. You got French like Freddie in there. Yeah, that's right. He, you know, he he also predicts <laughs> uh, weather as well. Um, you know. Um, well, you could use you could use some spring right now. I mean, I could use some, in your I neck of the woods. Right, right? My so. neck of the woods has got some snow right now. Uh, football signing day Wednesday. That'll be interesting. See if there's any, you know, sort of last minute surprises. I don't really think there are, you know, transfer portal wise. You probably picked up what you're going to pick up at this point. Do you think Graham Harrell has any like rabbits out of the hat that we, that we don't, that'll be right. That could be interesting. Maybe. I mean, it just makes me uh, wonder. I, it, it could, it could be interesting. I don't think so. I think we've got our three quarterbacks that we're going to see what happens in the spring and then move into the summer and be ready for We'll save the quarterback talk for another day. But we've got what we've got. You get what you get, and you don't get upset, Johnson. I feel like got. we could always argue about quarterbacks on this team right now, but okay. I'll, all right, I'll leave it. But you know, we'll see what they pick up for a high school signing. Those late signings. Uh, you know, now that they've now that they've split this up, you know, you get most of your major signings in that December signing day, right before Christmas, and this kind of becomes a secondary. I mean, a couple of guys hold off to try to surprise or take a little bit more of the the news cycle of it, but. Uh, for the most part, I think most of the big signings have already been done. Also, news for WVU football. Congratulations, Quentin Spain going to play in the Super Bowl, Johnson. Yeah, now with Cincinnati's huge win over the Chiefs, uh, Quentin Spain, I, do you think he was expecting to be celebrating going to the Super Bowl after, what, the Bengals won, what, four games last season? I mean, talk about a turnaround. Right. That's pretty awesome. Sweet for him. Congratulations. I mean, that's – I'm not, you know, I'm not a Bengals fan, but I feel like everyone's kind of – kind of pulling for the Bengals right now. It's a pretty awesome story. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're definitely going to be the underdogs all the way through, and it's kind of fun to watch. So we'll see what happens. So anyways, guys, we're going to wrap it up this week early. Short show. Uh, Scooty wasn't here, so none of the goofy stuff because, you know, Scoot's the goof. A lot of the fun. The sco- a lot like, of Scoot is the fun. You and I are the nerds. Scoot would say he's the brains, We're, but, I mean, I feel like a lot of the fun – comes from scoot so you know we don't get a can't believe my ears without scoot rooting around on the internet for something weird so we'll have to yeah that means he owes us one next time i feel like guido oh, right it better be I it mean, better be a good one next week yeah so i hope you enjoyed the nerd segment uh wv <laughs> wvu sports nerd segment 
that we had for you this week. Listen, don't forget to find us online. Look for us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears. You can also find us on Facebook and check out our website. Johnson, it's a great thing. Uh, GotYourEarsOn.com. Yeah, it's kind of the hub for all of our stuff. We'll post the latest show in blog form with all of the uh, links to our show notes. If you want to check out something uh, further, we'll also have... Uh, a link to the latest show right in the sidebar. And don't forget to click on the merch store. Um, anything you buy helps us make our donation to the Hugs Fish Fry later this year. So check it all out. And don't forget, you can text us too. You can text, leave us a voicemail, 304-518-GYEO, 304-518-4936. Send us a text. Maybe we'll read it. Tell us what you're feeling. I know that most of you are probably feeling bad things right now about WVU. We're here to help. We're like a support system for you. Just treat it like a big Dr. Phil. Yes. Just get on there and just just vent. <laughs> we'll, we'll listen. All right, guys. Well, WVU uh, is probably playing Baylor or has already, if uh, depending on when you listen to this show, because we drop it on Mondays. Uh, Baylor at Waco, 9 p.m. That game's on ESPN Monday night. Texas Tech on Saturday. That game is on ESPN or ESPN2. Has not been decided yet, but that's a 2 p.m. tip-off in the Coliseum. So, uh, And there's tickets left for it, Johnson, in case you're wondering. There's there's tickets. There's still tickets left for WVU games. Uh, yeah. Uh, kind of not surprising. Kind of not surprising. But hey, look, yeah. I mean, maybe like pull a Bob Euchre. Like, hey, we could be in the front row, right? I mean, just like <laughs> yeah, it could right? be a good thing. Check. Come on. It could be a good thing. All right, folks, thanks for listening this week. We'll be back next week with another show. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On. Country Road.